What's brewing ATX? Ian Grossman here alongside Mr. Greg Carlson, who's chewing a taco. Howdy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on what is sure to be an exciting episode. If you tuned in a couple weeks ago, you might remember our feature drink was a hard seltzer local to the ATX. Well, after the episode, we said, why not track down the owners of this delicious stuff, get them on the podcast, and here we are. Today, we're joined by the son of the father-son duo, Austin Pittman. Thank you for joining us, Austin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. We are we are very excited. Um, so Austin and his dad, who's also Austin. Where's dad? He, he's he been on a plane today. He's all over. He's oh, a busy okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so the, the two of them launched Blue Norther. Um, we're going to hear about their journey today. And also, we got some special news. They've got a new flavor that just hit the shelves yesterday Ooh. oh yeah and we're gonna not only drink Fresh. it but hear the whole scoop on why you need to go try it so stay tuned yeah as a reminder this is your one-stop shop for all things atx from tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the real estate world to interviews with local small businesses and those making a big impact in our community and of course we feature local beer wine or spirit or hard seltzer mm-hmm. each week so you can get your little taste of what austin has to offer as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you tune into your podcast. Do us a favor and give us that five-star rating. Five-star. Do it for Greg. Stay tuned for the end of the episode where Greg will share about the newest event that's coming right down the street to the Circuit of the America racetrack. An event? In 2021. Big news. No way. Oh, yeah. So normally, uh, Austin, we, you know, one of us does the feature beer or mm-hmm. wine, liquor, whatever we're drinking that week. Yeah. And as I mentioned, we drank Blue Norther a couple weeks ago. I think I gave the, the rundown, or maybe it was Jonathan. But we're going to hand the floor over to you today because okay, we've got something special. Big announcement. This is special. Absolutely. Blue Norther. This doesn't happen very often. I feel honored. Give yeah. it to us. Yeah, very honored. Okay. You want me to just give a quick rundown on on the drink and then the new, the new announcement? We'd love it. Let's sure. do it. Yeah. Um, so... This is Austin here. For those of you who don't know about about Blue Norther, so uh, brand new hard seltzer brewed here in Austin, Texas. Uh, families from Austin, Texas, a lot of history in the area. Um, we launched on June fifteenth, and what we wanted to do was bring something that tasted a lot better than what you're used to. Right? Everybody knows White Claw, knows Truly, knows some of these other smaller players. We didn't think anybody was out there in the market that was using really high quality ingredients or who particularly tasted well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what we what we did was we used uh, real fruit juice, organic agave, super high quality ingredients. We partnered with a local brewer here in town and we put something out in the market that is um, really killer. So um, yeah, we're super excited about you know the market response. I think since June 15th, we're now in, I think we're getting close to 400 retail locations now. So wow. Really rapid expansion, a lot of pickup, super supportive community here in Austin. Um, really excited to drink something with you guys today. So, you know, folks that are listening, you can't see this, but I'm holding this uh, sort of bright pink magenta colored can. Um, this is our newest flavor, Prickly Pear, yeah. which just hit its first store. It hit uh, the HEB up on Burnett Road, um, Burnett Road uh, today. So, Prickly Pear is the flavor. We use real Prickly Pear juice, which is 
super uncommon. One of the reasons you're not really seeing many people do this is it is not cheap. It's hard to get prickly pear juice, super effort intensive, doesn't last long on the shelf. Hmm. Um, so hmm. we made the, we made the decision that we wanted to do something that was really uniquely Texan that nobody else has out there. And this stuff is going to knock your socks off. You're going to love it. Well, I feel like it's become a pretty popular, just in the regular seltzer, mm -hmm. um, you know, the prickly pear, prickly pear flavor. I know it's my wife's like favorite. She loves, um, I think it's big swig has a prickly mm -hmm. pear. Mm. Um, so when I saw this and, and Austin's not, he's not exaggerating about the timing of this. We were literally messaging earlier this week mm -hmm. and he said, check our Instagram tomorrow. <laughs> because we're unveiling the new flavor. So perfect timing. Um, so let's crack this thing open. Let's crack it open. All right. And tell us about the inspiration of the the can, which um, has a cowboy boot mm. and a nice little prickly pear cactus. Oh, it's good. What do you think? You guys like it's it? It's good. Oh, I remember last week when we showcased this, I, I give my unbiased opinion on, on the drinks we mm -hmm. have. Sometimes if they taste bad, I'll say they don't like it. Yeah. I gave raving reviews for these last week. Awesome. True story. Awesome. Man. Yeah. I love that. So inspiration on the artwork. So what we've done, every can has its own sort of custom piece of art on the front of it, right? Yeah. And each yeah. of them involves two things. It involves something from Texas heritage and involves something that, that calls out the fruit that, that is inside of it, right? We use real fruit. And so on purpose, we've baked that into all of our artwork. So while Blackberry, you see this sort of like, bull skull with a with a blackberry kind of mm -hmm. impaled onto the horn there mm -hmm. um with this one you know we played around with a lot of different designs we said let's get a freaking boot on there we don't have a cowboy boot on any, any of our stuff and we sort of played with this you also see the artwork all has these sort of um these sort of abstract shapes around it this one the one on the prickly pear kind of um it gives a nod to the pad shape or the mm -hmm. no polish shape so yeah that's what you're seeing on, and, on the and atx there. is written on all of them oh yeah love it we got to let people know because it's, I got to tell you, it's not a, uh, it's not cheap to do things here in Austin and to do everything the right way and be true to, Hey, we're going to brew in Austin. We're going to use all these high quality ingredients. We wanted to slap ATX right on there because yeah. you see some brands that will claim we're from so-and-so place. And then you can actually check on the can. You will, uh, you can see the address of where something is brewed. So if you have a beer, oh, the four, four. you can always see the address. So you may check another thing that says we're from so-and-so. And then you look on there, it says brewed in Abita, Louisiana. And you say, that's not legit. Wow. So we wanted to call that out, man. And the, mm. when you taste this, it's, you taste the prickly pear. It's not like an overbearing sweet. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like that's the issue with most of these hard seltzers is that mm -hmm. they're very sweet. That, and you have that fake alcohol taste. Mm -hmm. This is all blended well. You don't get that at all. It's you said the alcohol fantastic. comes from it comes from pure sugar. sugar. So we we ferment wow. pure sugar, super clean fermentation, very few byproducts. So you yeah. get like you we don't use malt, any of that kind of stuff, right? Which which many folks are have been notorious for using that. So that's why you get a super clean taste, no aftertaste. You'll notice you don't get like an aftertaste. We've had people say like, oh, it doesn't taste like chemicals. We've had someone say like finally a seltzer that doesn't taste like a glade plug-in we've heard like things like that over yeah. here <laughs> exactly so yeah. um if you can tell us a little bit about your your backstory you don't just you know drink a white claw drink a truly <clears throat> say we want to make something better and then just do it overnight so tell us a little bit about the your backstory what your journey has been uh to get to where you are now Sure. So my, you know, my personal journey was, was pretty weird, varied path, not a straight path. So 
I was a marine biologist once upon a time. I was working at the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California. I ended up going through healthcare consulting. I jumped into tech consulting. I was took over as head of marketing at a, at a tech consulting firm, and then I was in sales. And through that path, I ended up consulting with some of the bigger liquor companies in the U.S. So I was talking to leaders at Bacardi, Moet Hennessy, uh, Diageo, things like that. Started to look at what's going on in the industry. What are these guys looking for? And none of them can get growth, right? They can't. They can't find organic growth. Mm. So I, that that caused me to take note, and I started seeing what my friends and I were doing with White Claw, right? All of a sudden, overnight, we started buying more White Claw than any other thing that we were buying, right? Which, and I think when you were looking at the market at the time as a whole, the numbers weren't big, right? 2016, 2017, not a huge national market, but when you look at what a few consumers are doing, over 50% of their beer purchases are now this new thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it started to, to pique my interest. Um, fast forward a little bit. So I had this, this bug in my ear, right? Saying, Hard seltzer is interesting. There's something going on. March of 19, so like a year and a half ago, roughly, my dad and I were on our ranch, uh, which is in the Harwood. You guys familiar with Harwood? It's like a little bit past Lockhart. South, uh, southeast. Yeah, you got it. So like 55 minutes from downtown Austin. Okay. So we were on our ranch, and uh, he had he had you know grown up on his grandparents' ranch nearby, always going there and working there. He finally bought his retirement property. So psyched, he said, "I'm going to retire." <laughs> Nice, so we're man. out there working the land, cleaning up these old oak trees, kind of like pulling these vines out of them, like hard work. Oh, and yeah. we, were, we were drinking things like Shinerbach, right? And when it's really hot, you can only drink one of those about, and your, your stomach is totally full, right? Oh, yeah. So we started drinking White Claw. And there's something about boots and jeans and hard work, and you're just sitting there sweating all this, right? And then you look and you're drinking this White Claw. Pounding like, White Claw. I'm like, dude, this is not right. There's something not right about this. And I kind of mouthed off over and over. And my dad kind of eventually, he's really the impetus, right? He pushed me. He was like, why don't you stop talking? Like, all you do is talk. You sit around and talk and whine about this. Why don't you do something about it? I said, all right, you know, maybe I will. Right. And step by step, right, it all starts with, you, you ask the question, how do you actually how, how do you make a beverage? Like, I don't know. Do you make it in your kitchen? Who knows? I ended up meeting a food scientist who I had some beers with her and we talked through the whole process of like, how do you actually develop a formula? How do you commercialize? What, what does it take? All this, all these things. Hmm. That was what started the ball rolling. And, you know, under a year and a half later, here we are with three SKUs out in the market. We've launched in Austin, New Braunfels, San Antonio, we're also, this is kind of exclusive to you guys, I guess, but we're launching in Houston um, on October 5th. So we're like in full mode there. So, you know, it's just, we've come a really long way in a pretty wow. short amount of time. Obviously, I skipped a few steps in there. Yeah. But, but I think <laughs> you should let the listeners know that you're still in school. You're still learning while you're learning how to build a business. I am, yeah. I, which is incredible. Yeah. I started my MBA at Dartmouth. I had gone up to the Northeast to, uh, to get an MBA at Tuck. And this, this thing was something I was working on in the background, right? My dad and I were kicking, kicking around the formula and I was applying for other jobs. Um, and essentially we got to a point where we, in the iteration process of our formula, it started getting so good that we said, well, we were like, you know, my friends would drink it and say, this is way better than white claw. This is way better than truly like what, what's going on? How'd you guys make this? And I was like, man, maybe we should, this is about to get real. And then. We raised money and that went really well. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm still taking class at that point. I'm, gosh, I'm still taking class right now, unfortunately. But, um, you know, at this point, I'm like halfway through my education. I've already hired seven employees and we have a space and we're doing all this stuff. So it's it's awesome, but it is busy. Wow. 
That's incredible. Well, quick question. So is that when you had that food sign meeting with the food scientist, uh-huh. is that when you put it together and you said, I can do this? Was that was that the milestone, the turning point, and all that? It or? was it was a turning point. There were a whole was, lot of them. A, there okay. was a whole lot, but at that point, I said, "Okay, I actually have some handle on how the hell you go from point A to point B." Like at, before that, it. I just had I was like, "No clue, right?" If you mm-hmm. haven't been in the industry, it's not clear. Sure, and it seems simple enough, right? Like, well, all I got to do is get a certain ingredients and in a certain proportion into a can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having having that beer that was a huge sort of like gust of wind to me. And, you know, it's funny, these things happen like for, for folks who are entrepreneurs or who are aspiring entrepreneurs, as soon as you start looking and asking and you know what I mean, things will happen along the way that are serendipitous, which is just like that. A friend of mine just said, Oh, I, I think I've got a friend who's a food scientist. And well, I guess I'll meet her for a beer. And then guess what that kicks off. Well, I think when you, wow. when you think about yeah. an entrepreneur's kind of DNA, um, you could have been on the, on the ranch and after drinking White Claws, you, you know, your dad could have sent you to the store for a 12-pack of <laughs> Miller Lite, and then it would have been end of conversation, you know, or, or Lone Star or something. Um, instead, it's you're bitching <laughs> about, was, about what you're drinking <laughs> um, leads to let's, let's not solve the problem short-term, let's solve it long-term. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, we, we run things in parallel. So like while I was bitching and solving, I was also going to the store to get more beer. So oh, yeah. they were both okay. happening. All right. <laughs> I figured you had to you go. Yeah, quench your thirst the rest of the day. <laughs> so describe what it's like working with your dad and not only working together, but building a company together. What have been some highs and lows of the family business relationship? Yeah. Good question. Um, some of the highs. So my dad is a pretty well-respected executive and someone who's very self-made himself. Uh, grew up in Texas and had a long story with Baylor Healthcare taking over part of a uh, large uh, insurance company, like running the Texas, the, the whole state of Texas, all this stuff. Right? He's got a really big story himself and is, has run massive companies, right? So I've always had a ton of respect for him. One of the highs is finally getting to work with him man to man and in a very different situation, right? Where he doesn't have, there's no organization of people, right? It's just he and I and watching Gaining a whole new, like, right, I already respected my dad, but watching him do all this stuff in real time and watch how fast he moves and how mm-hmm. decisive he is and how he's been able to do things that, that, you know, without having him as our CEO, which I didn't mention that he, I said earlier, he attempted to retire. Yeah. He, he had retired for like a month. He retired. And then I was then like, you're like, you should be our CEO. Knock, knock, and knock. He was super psyched. Exactly. Knocked on his door and pulled him out of retirement really fast. Cool. There you go. So just seeing the things that he's able to do and the, the way that he builds companies and treats people. And it, it put me on my place a little bit and said like, wow, I've got a really, really long way to go and, and a ton of respect for him. Dude, How about the challenges? Awesome. I, oh yeah. I, I think one of the challenges early is um, for many of us. And I, I, I go, I go to this over and over, right? It's like, we have these tendencies to uh, discount the things that our parents or our siblings say, right? Even if they're, at the top of their field, you have mm-hmm. this some something inside you says, "Oh, it's just my dad. It's just my brother." Of course. So I think one of the lows was you know in the beginning me having thinking like, "Oh, I'm, I'm I don't like not trusting him or whatever that was," and then eventually getting over that hump of saying like, "What am I doing, man? I've got like this incredible executive right here. No one gets this opportunity." So I had some lows of like me having to reckon with that of like, "It is my dad," but like, "Hey, you need to listen to." what he says and do it. <laughs> wow. I think that's one of the hard, yeah, hard things about working with family ever is just that 
I guess the comfort with not trusting, not, it's not even not that you don't trust them, but just, you know, we went through our, our teenage years and high school years where we were right. We it's, were right all the time. It's something, it's something weird. It is something weird about being when you're really close to someone, for some reason you have some kind of doubt of them like, Oh, like, yeah. mom, you don't know, whatever that is, you know, mm. have either of you guys worked, worked with a family member or a super close friend? No, I, I, I made an effort to put myself in, in those shoes and I, I'm drawing a blank here. How about you? Um, I have not. No, I think it's awesome. I think you have to be objective enough and humble enough to like, look at, look at your own thought patterns, right. Introspect a little bit and say, am, am I, am I having a good thought pattern? Is this like, you know what I mean? Cause you can easily distort things in your mind. And once you get over that stuff, it's, it's really awesome, man. We're, we're yeah. just, it's jazz right now. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, yeah, it's great. Yeah. You have a good role model. So yeah. looking at the, you mentioned a little bit about the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw that hard seltzer in, in 2019 was about a $3 billion industry. Yeah. So yeah, you're pretty close. So I can't even imagine what that's going to be this year. Um, do you see it just with truly with white claw? Do you see it as a, like a fad for in the now, or do you see it as something where you're building this business and you can scale it and, and grow it long-term? So we definitely don't see it as a fad. Um, I think when, what, what many people and what many investors have done or did in the earlier, you know, in the last year or two in hard seltzer is look at other fad trends in, in beverage. So, uh, hard root beer, things like Zima mm-hmm. and wine coolers and stuff, things that have like had a rapid rise and then a rapid fizzle. Yeah. And you can kind of look at like, over time, look at their revenue over time and like just see kind of what demand looked like and, and how quickly they fell off. Hard seltzer, there were a lot of, you know, people were kind of overlaying hard seltzer with those and saying like, when is this going to happen? Not happening. It, it just continues continues to rise and you can see it in in the way that people are are buying it and they're not like, it's not some excitement like oh i'm gonna try this new thing for a little while they're actually people are all in replacing other things like you know i my fiance for example doesn't drink beer anymore she's like i started drinking seltzer and now i really don't ever want to drink beer anymore because it fills me up too much Mm -hmm. you know and there's a whole bunch of people who are totally changing their habit and it's like changing the course of what beer is for many people well i think um you can almost keep it you know you buy a six-pack put in your fridge and it's like a nice refreshing, like I started, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think a friend of mine, I was out at his house, it was in the middle of the summer and he gave me a Topo Chico. And before then mm-hmm. I was not a, a seltzer drinker at all, or sparkling water. And I drank one and for something about it was just like the bubbles. It was just like, I needed that. Mm-hmm. And then from there I started buying sparkling water and this, if you want a little kick, but not the, the heaviness of a beer. Yeah. It is a, a great alternative. I've just never gotten into the White Claw. Mm-hmm. Um, this is honestly the first one I've had more than probably two in a week of. All right. To be honest, I just like, I would try a White Claw if I was somewhere and there wasn't anything else. Yeah. Well, we, we feel honored by that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't we have White Claw at our um, little shindig last year? Yeah. Well, next yeah. time we, we probably won't be able to do it this year because of COVID, but we did a, a What's Brewing like appreciation party. Oh, yeah. Um, had all of our guests out and we invited some clients and stuff just to like, mm-hmm. you know, we had some of the brands, some of the people that we had on, yeah. um, we had their stuff out and, and next year we'll, 
Make sure to have Blue Norther out there. Awesome. No, no. Where, where'd you guys do it last year? Oh, what was the name of that place? Distribution so, Hall. It was a, it's Distribution Hall. It's on Third East Third Street. Okay. Um, right cool. near the um, White Horse. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. It was a great spot. The owner hooked us up big time. It was the first venue that, or event like that that they've ever had there like that. Yeah. So he took care of us nicely. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Super cool, man. The yeah. something I've learned. Uh, and once you get in once you get into the alcohol business and you start to interact with like a lot of venue owners, bar owners, whatever, people in Austin are awesome, man. Oh, yeah. meet people, super welcoming. They're like, Hey, you got an idea, you want to do something cool? Let's do it. Sweet. Well, you asked yeah. why we started the podcast, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things, like just getting to hear all the different stories and all the Austin homegrown businesses have that's been like probably my favorite part about it. Yeah. I kinda I envy that. I think that's a really cool, you know, I get some of that out on the street meeting people. I think that's super cool the way that you guys target and bring interesting stories and people in and, and get to know them. Yeah. Super cool. It's all local. Yeah. So what's the biggest impact you felt with launching a business in the midst of a global pandemic? What challenges or opportunities have, have come from that? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to start with like something that was a tactical challenge and I'll move to strategic. So tactical, uh, just deal level. So when we were coming into the industry, we had we had a product like we had this, what we thought was like a really delicious product. Didn't look exactly like this yet, but looked pretty good, tasted phenomenal. And we, you know, I cold outreach. I was kind of cold calling distributors here in town, got some meetings. Um, we, we did our first meeting with our top choice. They loved it. Had a contract in front of us. Like all of these things were going really great, which is not commonly the story with, uh, distribution when you're new, it's pretty hard. Mm. But, um, when the pandemic hit and when everyone started to say, well, there's, we're not sure what's about to happen. Uh, contract negotiations got put on hold. Lots of different, um, buyers said, Hey, we're freezing all new supplier relationships. Mm-hmm. We're not bringing anything else new on the shelf, whatever. And so we had a business that was dead in the water, right? I mean, in Texas, technically you can get a license to self-distribute, but then you have to buy trucks. You have to, you're right, it comes out along with an entire logistics. That wasn't part business. of the plan. No, I, I don't know anything about logistics. Yeah. Um, Hmm. so it, it stalled our, our first deal, like really pushed it back. So that was like step one was like, it was really hard to get deals done. Hmm. We did eventually figure that out. We pivoted our, some of the way that we pitched and some of the way that we thought about launching and and it worked out. Um, one of the other things, so I, I, I'll speak both as an entrepreneur and as a marketer. So I'm our, I'm our chief marketer and one of my biggest things, right? When you, when you do your brand strategy and you say, okay, taste is our number one that's the number one thing that we're really good at that no one else is good at, right? The market leaders are, are really not very good at taste. Then you can't really just tell people something tastes good, right? You have to give them the liquid. You have mm-hmm. to give them the product. Well, when the pandemic hit, we could we had no way to do that. The only way, like I was literally filling a cooler and I was sitting out on benches in downtown and just sitting there, had my dog, people would walk by, meet them, hand them a, hand them a you know, I'm not even sure. Shouldn't be saying this. I'm not even sure if that's like technically legal. To give to a can do that. Or I was just like out giving away drinks to hey, people, but there was no way to do it at scale. So that was another like just the inability to act at scale or or to do things um, the way you think you should be doing it. Like we should be doing samplings, we should be doing events, doing things that create experiences and, and mm-hmm. get the product to lips. None of that was possible. Wow. So what about um, you know how has it worked in your benefit? If anyway, to our benefit, mm-hmm. interesting. I think that one of the things it's forced us to do 
it forced us to learn the digital game. It forced us to learn there it is. how to shoot content, yeah. use the internet to promote mm-hmm. things, use engage with people, create a community to, to drive demand instead of creating in-person experiences. And I think that as all of the normalcy of life comes back and we get all those great events, we're in bars, we're doing cool, the cool fun stuff that you'll want to mm-hmm. do when you get in the beer business, we're also going to be more sophisticated using data and using digital marketing than many. And I'm not sure if it's a shocker, but a lot of folks that are small in the alcohol industry aren't like super sophisticated in terms of digital marketing, the same way that many CPG companies are. Cause you know, we can't sell direct, right? So there's no, there's nothing economically driving you to build that competence. Mm-hmm. So I think when we get there, we're just going to be that much better at leveraging both ground tactics and coming over the top of digital. I feel like so many companies, even just local restaurants, for instance, coffee shops have had to figure out how to pivot and have almost been exposed and realize they've kind of been caught with their pants down and and they don't have a digital presence other than, you know, posting once in a while on, on Instagram. Yeah. And it's, it's also revealed. So some of the folks that did know some of that stuff and they were able to, to, get going, you can see just how successful some of those places have been. I mean, they've just been blowing up. Yeah. I mean, so many of the restaurants that had to close down because they couldn't figure out takeout or, or online ordering. Yeah. It's a shame, but, um, you know, it's good that you've found, obviously you're going to have challenges. I I don't think there's a company in the world that hasn't seen a challenge from COVID, but there's also been a ton of opportunity. So that's huge. Um, let's talk a little bit about, because I'm, sure the listeners want to know from a flavor standpoint. Um, I'm double fisting, by the way. Yes, um, you are. <laughs> I'm switching back between the agave lime and the prickly pear. So you, you, you already gave the rundown of the prickly pears in the pink bottle or the pink can. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the wild blackberry and agave lime, kind of why you went that route and maybe which one's been the most popular. Sure. So wild blackberry was for me, the first, the first flavor, like that was the first thing that came to mind because we have blackberries that grow wild in like fields on our ranch. Like we have wow. whole fields that are just filled with these things. Right. And so we pick them and eat them anyways. Right. So we're on the ranch eating these things. I'm like have to do blackberry people. A lot of people stay away from blackberry for whatever reason. You don't see a ton of them out in the market. Mm. And it happens to be like not only one of my favorite flavors, but something that we're literally, it's right there on the ground. So that, that was, that was flavor one. Um, with both of these flavors, what you'll notice actually in our in our whole portfolio, right, is we're going to innovate on Texas fruits. So we're going to continue to do true to Texas heritage fruits, things that actually grow here. Um, and you're not, so you're not going to see like, you know, don't expect like a, a guava, mango, dragon fruit, some of those, which are, you know, admittedly exciting kind of fun names, yeah. whatever. You're not going to see that from us. You know, you could see things like peach and pomegranate and luckily Texas has an incredible diversity of of fruits that grow in the land. So we have a lot to pick from. We have a lot of fruits here. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Texas, very, very diverse state in many ways. I'm excited about the, um, mm. the pomegranate or maybe a grapefruit. Well, does grapefruit grow here? Ruby, Ruby red does. Yeah. Okay. I think oh, it yeah. grows down like the Rio Grande Valley. Am I wrong about that? I might be wrong. I don't know. My, <laughs> oh. A neighbor of mine, they had a, um, grapefruit tree that in March, April, it had these giant grapefruits mm-hmm. and some of it was hanging over, their their fence oh snag a couple they were all too high i was i was considering bringing like a stick or something but i didn't you know i don't want to end up on our our 
neighborhood Facebook page or next door. Right. Grape watch out. Grapefruit snatcher. Yeah. Grapefruit snatcher. <laughs> so, but that's, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. The, the other thing, you know, that I would mention something that you'll notice about our flavors in general is we kept it very simple, right? You're not going to see any ingredients you can't pronounce. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. It's almost counterintuitive, like to make the best, I think to make many times the best food and, and the best drinks go with high quality ingredients and mm-hmm. keep it simple. Right. So all we did really is, um, it's real fruit, it's agave nectar and a little bit of cane, and there's really not a lot else going on. So we kept yeah. it super simple. We mm-hmm. crafted these things versus kind of engineering them. And you, I mean, you're drinking it right now. You can, you can taste the difference. Oh, for sure. And, and these two make a good pair when you go back and forth between the, yep. the agave lime and the prickly pear. So are there new, I know, I know you just launched this, so it's probably a little fresh, but are there new flavors in the works or, or discussion or in the lab right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've got three more flavors. We'll call it in the lab. We're, we're, um, we're kicking them off and you know, for us, that means we, we start with a concept and we start with certain fruits and figuring out what, what's the deal with, can you, can you actually source really high quality versions of these fruits where you get it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we just start kicking it back and forth. Right. We tell, we've got a same food scientist. Her name is Danny Stanley. She's awesome. Okay. Shout out for her. But we just tell her, Hey, we're trying to do this thing. Go, go do your worst. And we'll, we'll just start kicking back and forth until we get to something that's really awesome. Mm. Love it. So what else do people need to know about blue Norther uh, to make them choose over so many other options other other than keeping it simple right pure and simple what what else yeah so i think you know for me it's taste quality heritage right so for for the folks and i mean i've and i've talked about the taste i've talked about the quality people can taste that for themselves and what we typically see is once once people buy it and try it they don't they don't go back to a white claw or a truly it's it's pretty pretty seriously superior in terms of the the liquid itself i think for folks here and what a lot of people care about is um what you're not going to get with a lot of the big guys is you have no idea where that product came from. You don't know much about how it's made or who makes it or what their kind of business is doing. Right. So for us, um, we're very transparent with our process, with how we make it. We are brewed right here in Austin. You can literally come to us like our, our warehouse is at 506 East San Elmo road. So it's in the yard. So down by Texas. Oh, I, I drove by it the other day and I know. Yeah. yeah. Putting it together. You know, the your Raz when you like, when something's in your Raz, you start noticing it everywhere. Like if you buy, I saw you pulled up in a Jeep. So like when you mm-hmm. buy a Jeep, you start realizing everyone else is, mm-hmm. everyone else has a Jeep. Yeah. So I've been seeing and reading and we tried Blue Norther and I was driving through the yard the other day. Did you see the sign? I was like, oh, there they are. Yeah. So that's really St. Elmo. Boom. So I think for, I think for folks, it makes, it makes a big difference here in Austin that we are, we do actually have a real story. We're here in Austin brewing. You can come and meet us and see us. Um, and you know, we're hiring people here in town. So that's, I think that's very localized to the Austin market. I think for, for folks outside of that, um, people really seem to care that, that everything about this brand is authentic and it's not some sort of made up nonsense story. That's, you know, many times you see a lot of what I believe are sort of cheaply made brands where, I mean, it would be very convenient for me if we had done that, if we had just like Hey, let's just write one paragraph of like a little fake story and we'll build all the branding off that. That would be really easy for me. Mm-hmm. But having a real story, I think, is a lot more satisfying. I think that's what people are really looking for these days, right? They're like sure. products that are doing some good in the community like we are, which I, we'll probably get to talking about the, the Breast Cancer Resource Center at some point. But yeah. 
doing good in the community have a real story, right? People want to connect something authentic. Yeah, that definitely brings us to, to our next point here. Tell us a little bit more about that, the research center and how yeah, you all so, are contributing. Absolutely. Thank, thanks for, for the intro in here. Um, so Breast Cancer Resource Center, BCRC, um, I think that this is this year is their 25th anniversary here in Austin. So they serve breast cancer patients and their families um, and have been doing so in, in Austin, Central Texas, and now through digital offerings across the state and country, right? So um, when you think about breast cancer, and we're coming up on October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So this is one of the things that sparked this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in breast cancer, when you contribute and you have these support organizations, there's kind of two branches, right? You have research and you have support. So research, your money is going eventually going to make it into like a grant in a lab somewhere where someone is researching something necessary, awesome. But we wanted to work with an organization where our dollars are going directly to patients and their families. Mm-hmm. So BCRC, we're donating $2 per case sold. And a case is four six-packs. So we operate in 24, 24 can cases. Okay. Mm-hmm. So $2 per case sold in October for all of our products are going to go to BCRC. And what that's going to do is it's going to pay help a little bit to pay the salaries of their, um, I think they call them patient navigators. So these are folks who... Um, a, a patient will be referred into BCRC. They they get this horrible news and they're not sure what to do next. Them and their family reach out to BCRC and they will assign them a navigator. And this is someone who is sort of going to be kind of kind of a lifeline. Be there with them throughout the entire process, throughout um, diagnosis, throughout chemo, what what have you, everything that goes on on, really on both sides, and help them understand. Wow, there are a lot of questions, right? You that you get an announcement like that, a diagnosis, and you say, man. What do Where I do, do I even next? start? Yeah, exactly. So they help them with figuring out medications, understanding what the doctors are telling them. Cause many times as a patient, you hear a doctor will say, Hey, these are your two options. What do you want to do? And you're like, well, I don't, I don't quite understand these options. Right. So they help them understand their care. They help them with medications, with insurance. They do all sorts of great things for the family. So I could go on and on, but BCRC, we've just identified them as a really great a organization and mm-hmm. we're going to support them this October. And we will continue the partnership every October in the future. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So Mm. um, when you think about, we always like to ask our guests about inspiration, kind of where you get your inspiration, whether it's from a person, a book you read, uh, coworkers, uh, mentors, or even a YouTube star. Because these days we know that YouTubers, you never know. You never know. Um, so I, where do you, right. I personally don't know any of the YouTube stars. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Greg's a big YouTube guy. Yeah. So where Thanks. do you, where do you get your inspiration? Um, and maybe if you have any good resources to share when it comes to like, oh, you read an incredible book that every single person needs to read. Maybe you could share that as well. Oh yeah, I've I've got some of those. Yeah, I've got some really good ones. Um, so for me, a couple of things. So I think about inspiration, mentorship, and resources, right? So inspiration, I personally get a lot of my inspiration mm. from from nature, right? So like, and we're, when we talk about inspiration, I mean very directly, like inspiration for colors, for imagery, for things that are happening. I take a lot of it from the natural world. So spending time out in nature, not only do you see things that spark thoughts, right? But just being in that, in that space, that mental space and that physical space for me is a really good source of inspiration. Hmm. Um, in terms of mentors, um, so my dad is my, definitely my biggest mentor and has been for a long time. And and then I've got sort of a chain of, a chain of folks, right? Like our lead investor, uh, his name is Dave Johnson. I feel like you, you learn different things from each one of your mentors, right? And from Dave, 
you know, learning to focus on people, right? From from my old boss, Josh King, learning to think about people, process, and, and then building systems to lay over the top. Like from several people in my MBA program that, you know, are, are teaching me about entrepreneurship, that are teaching me about venture capital, thinking about the economics, the unit economics of business, all this stuff, right? So a lot of, a lot of different mentors. But in terms of um, books that have been very, I would say, inspirational and directional for me, there are two that come into mind. One was a few years ago and the other uh, just read a few weeks ago. So mm. Grit by Angela Duckworth. Oh, yeah. You guys read that? Fantastic. I haven't read it, but yeah. I know of it. You read it? You never read it? No, I think on my- uh, It's a staple. On Goodreads, it's in my uh, like want to read okay. shelf. Yeah. yeah. It's something that for me, at least when I, when I first read it was, it was such a motivator. It was also very validating for me to say, okay, I don't, I don't think that I am always or typically uh, the smartest or the most talented person in the room, but I know that every single day I can get up and go and, and go again. Right. Like you learn that passion and perseverance is how you really get to success long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, so that book really phenomenal very motivating and inspiring. Um, I call that one more like that's motivating. Did she do a Ted talk? She did. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Seen her Ted talk. It's just yeah. like reading the whole book. So oh. you're good. So I read it. Okay. <laughs> Check it off the list. <laughs> it's like Blinkist. You did the Blinkist Ted talk version. Done. Um, and then more recently, some more on the inspiration side, you guys read the alchemist. I mean, most, a lot of people have. Oh, that's you know, another one that I've heard about and haven't read. I'm going to mispronounce his name. The author's name is Paulo Coelho. Coelho. Okay. Uh, he's a Brazilian author. It is, you can read it in two or three days, depending on maybe a week, depending on how much time you're giving short. every day. Mm. Uh, it's a it's short, right? Yeah, short, yeah. short. I would like just order it on Amazon. Just go ahead and do it. Mm. It, it is, I would say like in the purest sense, inspirational, right? It's, it's a fictional tale about, a guy who's learning to follow his heart and 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 to be optimistic and not let other things get in the way of sort of your highest calling. So, and and actually, I, you know, this is going to play off my next kind of inspiration. So, podcast to the Tim Ferriss show is my favorite. Oh yeah, for sure, my favorite podcast. He's, he's local now too. I know, yeah. I know. I've That's actually funny. like, yeah. I've sort of been thinking about like. Tim, if you're listening, like I'd love to meet you, dude. Yes. <laughs> but I've been thinking about dropping product off with him or something and being like, I'm a huge fan, like I'd love yeah. to meet you. But yeah. which on, I'm I'm sure he gets. I'm sure he gets a lot of that. But when you give him something that actually stands out, yeah. it'll make a difference. And it, it's actually been Greg's job since we started the podcast to get him on. To find him. But we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. I think yeah. he's stopped responding to like any requests. I'm he sure. gets so many requests now, but mm. you know, keep pounding. Yeah. yeah. Grit. Cool. I sent him one message on, on Instagram a day for probably a month and a half. It's <laughs> just copied and pasted it. He hadn't responded. Yeah. That's legit. Man, any more but grit. I had <laughs> Yeah. You, you stopped just a few That's days it. before he was he was almost there. Yeah. <laughs> but he had se- he's had several guests on that have mentioned the Alchemist. Okay. Several really high profile, like worldwide kind of like performers in whatever their arena is. Mm-hmm. And so I had heard this several times and said, Man, I gotta order the Alchemist. Totally inspirational. I mean, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed reading it. It's on the list now. It's in my want to read shelf on Goodreads. If you guys aren't, are you on Goodreads? No, I'm not. I, what is it? Goodreads is you read it through the app. Is that correct? No, it's just a, it's an app where you can track all the books you've read, all the books you want yeah. to read, and you can rate them, and then you connect with friends, oh. and you can see what they're reading. So oh, you should get on it because I like app? seeing what other people are. Yeah, that's great. great. Love it. 
Well, how come this is the first time I've ever heard of it? I don't if you know. love it so much. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> right, any any parting words yeah. to share oh, yeah. about Blue Norther, about um, the journey, about your breast awareness, breast uh, cancer awareness, <laughs> or your breast awareness, uh, your breast cancer awareness initiative, anything you want to uh, leave the people with? I, I want to leave the the people with a couple things. So for the, for the folks out there who are entrepreneurs or who, which and I know many folks that I've talked to have had a hard time with whatever's happened in the pandemic and it's caused them to say, man, I got to figure out something new. Right. And so many folks are turning to, is there something I can start? Mm. Um, as an entrepreneur, couple of key things that I thought about, right? When I was thinking, man, what would I have told myself in the beginning of this journey? I would have said, number one, when you figure out your strategy, believe in it and focus on it and really stay focused on and keep it simple, right? Like there are a million directions that you can go when you're starting a company. If you've really nailed your, your strategy, your brand strategy, whatever that is, stay very, very focused on it. And second, um, you better learn to say no. You've got to learn to say no, because I think the amount of the amount of output that you're able to ultimately get to is directly dependent on the number of things that you can say no to. So for the entrepreneurs out there, remember to do those things. It's going to help you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Blue Northern, you know, the only thing I have to say is is thank you to the folks who have tried us out, who have been so supportive of us um, from like the business owners who have taken a chance on us, from the folks who have gone to the store and, and bought it's been super, super awesome. Very inspiring to see that. Um, and we try to do the same for other local businesses, try to support as much as we can. So yeah, get out to your HEB, Whole Foods, Specs, Total Wine, uh, your Royal Blues, Fresh Plus. We're, we're all over the city. Um, wow. And check us out. You can also find us at, at Drink Blue Northern on Instagram. And if you haven't tried us, if you don't mind, cruise over, You know, grab a six pack of the flavor of your choice. And I have a good feeling that that you're not going to go back. And you know, if you if you feel so inclined, would love to get a message from you through our uh, through our Instagram or our website. Thanks. Love it. Boom. All right, Greg. It's a little game time. Quick game time. Game time to get a little rapid I'm fire. Think on your feet here for our oh, man, God. Mr. Pittman. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Nothing too crazy, but just first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Yeah. Shout it out. Yeah. Go Re- for it. Ready. Favorite restaurant in Austin. Ooh, ATX Casino. Favorite meal. This is like getting super fancy. Favorite meal to pair with a Blue Norther. Favorite meal to pair with the Blue Norther. Uh, Kreitz Barbecue. You ever been to Kreitz? Lockhart? Oh, no, we oh, got to check it maybe. out. Kreitz Barbecue. Brisket. Is that the place, wait, was that the place with the wood fire as soon as you walk in on the floor? Uh, that's one of them, yeah, but okay. Smitty's also has that. Maybe that was Smitty's. Mm. Kreitz. 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 Spelled Kreutz. K-R-E-U-Z. Okay, that's awesome. Oh. barn. Started in like 1900. Red Barn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kreitz, yeah. Blue Norther. Love it. Okay. Tacos or barbecue? Dude, uh, that's really tough. You it's know, tacos. Stuff. Tacos. Okay. He you said can it. put barbecue on the taco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Boom. you can. I'm just going to say, I can eat tacos in the morning. I can eat them midday, evening. I, I happen to think that tacos are one of the world's great food innovations. Sure. Right <laughs> on. Stamp it. Sign it. Seal it. <laughs> this man loves tacos. City living or ranch living? I like a mix, mixture. Oh, okay. I need both. Mm. Favorite outdoor activity in Austin? I like biking. I really, really love Road biking. Bike? Uh, mountain yeah. biking. Mountain bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like trail riding, single track. Yeah. Okay. That's high paced. Brewery 
or winery brewery yeah i like wineries too but breweries are awesome i think he already might have answered this one let's hear a celebrity you'd love to partner with to endorse blue norther (laughs) mcconaughey or tim ferris okay mcconaughey i gotta say dude uh man crush man crush zone i think he's so awesome yeah yeah he's i heard he's awesome like as a dude nice guy right and i'm sure he would love this stuff he lives over on hillbilly hillbilly lane off route 360 okay let's go meet him (laughs) you you and me man let's do it mcconaughey or tim ferris no fear drink this stuff um last a hidden talent that most people don't know you have oh snap Hidden talent, most people have. <laughs> Putting you um, on the spot here. Yeah, dude, I I know how to build life support systems for like marine animals. So I've built wow. like I've built like the systems that you know keep keep the animals alive in a in like, like a what reef, kind of animal tank. like a like a sea turtle like an octopus or you know <laughs> wow coral reef stuff yeah. Don't press me on it anymore, but you know I kind of I used to know, so I kind of I hey, say it still now. You don't find That's too good. much of that in Texas, I no. can tell you that rare. Well, if we ever see a dead octopus or a dying octopus, you know the man to call. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Calling all dead octopi or dying octopi. All dead octopi. All righty, Greg. What time is it? Well, folks, it's time for this week's Weekly Brew, Brew, Brew. Yes, we all know in the past you could attend the Circuit of Americas to see F1 races, MotoGP, and concerts. Well, in 2021, for the first time at COTA, we will see NASCAR. The inaugural running of the NASCAR Cup Series is scheduled to take place May 23rd, 2020. 2021, sorry. Oh, who, who wrote this? I don't know. Okay, the Cup Series is the top race for NASCAR, and fans have long voiced their desire for it to come to Austin. Well, NASCAR fans, wait no longer. You're about to get your wish. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, I want to start Blue Norther at the event. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh yeah, that'd be rad. <laughs> I mean, bringing more Unreal. people, to, more Unreal. people to Austin, a different crowd to Austin. So we've got we've got MLS coming to Austin. Mm-hmm. We're getting a World Tennis Training Facility up in Cedar Park. We've already got some amateur hockey, and then now some NASCAR. NASCAR. And some yeah, that's crazy. What do you guys want to see next, dude? Oh, I would love a professional what? either baseball, basketball, or football team. Okay, basketball. Hockey for baby. sure. Hockey. I would love a pro hockey team, man. An the NHL city would, would yeah. Be, Those oh, games are sick. really fun to go Super to. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the city would get behind it. I would. I actually yeah, they would. Out of all the pro sports, mm-hmm. well, the four, those four, mm-hmm. I could see hockey being the the next one to come. That could be really fun. It would be. Because I mean, we got basketball in in San Antonio. Yeah. Now we're driving. And then obviously Houston, Dallas for football and and. and baseball mm. all righty folks mm. that is all we got for you thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast with mr austin Pittman, co-owner of locally owned blue norther hard seltzer be sure to check them out on instagram at drink blue norther, drink um, blue norther. and pick up a six-pack next time you're in the hard seltzer mood you got good choices wild blackberry prickly pear agave lime and more to come remember to subscribe to us on itunes or wherever you're tuning in from We'd love that five-star rating. Check us out on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. That's all we got for you. Cheers. Cheers.